Hello everyone. Recently, I was asked to be on a webinar for SimSea, the commercial raider, and I said, sure. Upon the feedback from my team and some people who were on the webinar, I thought to myself, this is probably something I need to share. So I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to share it, loyal listener, with you. Check this out. This is Agents Influence Podcast. There's a lot of technology that's out there. Now, here's what's important to me, okay? And the reason why I bring this up is not a promotion just for me. It's a promotion for you and for our industry. And I mean that. I have no tech company. I have no dog in the fight. But what I am is I'm an independent insurance agent. And I believe in it. And I believe that we, as independent agents, have gotten thrown into insure tech. We're not insure tech. We're indie tech. Think of the technology that you use in your agency right now. Just think of it. Take your technology stack. It's probably made for you. Probably made for me. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to the uh, Jason Cass webinar on uh, agency models of today and tomorrow. Jason, it is my pleasure as the Director of Marketing for SEMSI to introduce you to Jason Cass. He is an expert at agency models and has a lot of innovative things to say. Jason, welcome. Thank you for being here. We're excited to hear from you. Let's go. John, thank you very much. Uh, everybody who is listening, thank you very much for your time as well. Um, I promise to make this exciting. Uh, be sure to write down your questions. Be sure to put them in the chat. I know that you'll have them. I won't have answers to all of them, but I promise um, I probably heard a lot of them. Uh, so what I've been doing is I've a lot of traveling lately. And what you're going to see here is actually kind of a, a mixture of about three of those presentations um, that I've kind of zeroed in uh, for you guys. Okay. And then also want to let you know, IndieTech2023.com, since he is a major, is a sponsor of that, they are going to be there as well. You need to check it out, Indie, I-N-D-I-E-T-E-C-H, 2023.com. So yeah, IndieTech2023.com. So check it out. So John, uh, our, thank you very much for having me. Um, for everybody who knows me, uh, maybe you don't. Um, I have a popular podcast in the insurance industry. It's called Agency Intelligence. I'm a three-location agency in Southern Illinois, uh, also known as the land of milk and honey. Um, and so we uh, have kind of, I would say, a tech stack that we've kind of refined, spent a lot of money on technology. And over the last couple of years, we've refined and brought it back. Um, then there's a lot of new stuff that's happening on and at the, in, the, in the world with technology, AI, different types of things that are going on out there. I kind of want to hit a little bit on that um, because one of the things I'm really taking focus on is the fact that everybody has this doomsday um, effect and uh, thoughts and thinking that, you know, this is going to be a situation where, um, you know, it's not going to be as good as it, or it's going to be more bad than it is good. Let's just say that. And I, and I think completely opposite. And that's why I named this AI adapt to enhance, because just like automation enhanced, so will AI. And if you really think about it, AI is nothing more than smart automation. So that's really what it is. So it's a really good thing. 
Here's the thing that I want to I want to start with, though. Okay, so we're going to start with seeing things different, real quick. Then we're going to jump over to um, the four agency models and the way that I see them. Okay, and we're going to do a little. We're going to stop and and kind of park there for a minute and discuss that. And then we're going to talk about how we're better together. Okay, and I, that's what we're going to do. So that's what you guys can expect out of this. I promise. Sit back, relax, and. Uh, and just follow along and be open-minded. Understand that every agency is different and we do it differently than every other industry. I get that. I understand. Um, so here is something that you, I want you guys to think about. In, in 1984, there's two brothers and they're watching Ringling Brothers and they're thinking to themselves, it can be so much better. Now, what they saw that no one had ever seen up to then, and maybe no one would have seen uh, except for them, one French brother says to the other French brother, we can recreate this. And when we recreate it, we can re actually create it where there are no animals. And instead of paying $10, we can charge $160. We can put this to all different types of music. We can travel the world. We can put it in Vegas. And people will come to see it dressed up, and that will be their evening. Cirque du Soleil, right? They saw it. They saw something, and if you guys know this to be true, within the last, time goes by quick, two, three, four years, whatever it's been, Ringling Brothers has went out of business, right? Think about that. Now, in another presentation I do, I carry on this thought process to say, if this is different and like us in the insurance industry, think about this. Who's the animals? If our industry is going to change and it would change something that drastic, who's the animals? Right? That's the things that I think about. So you need to start seeing the world differently. And that's how you're going to have to start seeing your agency. You're going to see tremendous increases in things that are going to be happening in your agency. I'm working with a company right now. Um, we have the technology in our agency um, where we have to enter the information one time and it's literally, um, think of a super copy and paste where you can get 10 quotes, bindable quotes that have been checked against the loss runs and against the eligibility requirements of the carrier to give you a bindable quote and do that, do many of them and under 10 minutes. Think how crazy that would be on personal lines, right? Just the, just the little things that are out there. Now, here's what I want to talk about when I talk about these four agency models, okay? Before I do, I have to always, always, always explain this. You are not in one of these models. You could be in probably, almost guaranteed, two, probably in three of these models, okay? And you may be thinking about the last model, and we can talk about that. But I, I just want to be clear about that because people are like, well, Jason, I disagree with this and that. This is just is a very high 30,000-foot view at some models that we have, okay? So one of the models that we have is what I call the classic model. Right. This is the the classic model, which is little um, or no AMS, really seriously overstaffed, uh, high walk in traffic, no automation, high expenses, little to no digital footprint and increasingly older clientele. Now, talking about a couple of these, when we talk about the high expenses, an average agency out there, if you take your revenue and you take how much your uh, payroll is or your every dollar that you spend for an employee, 
it's going to be anywhere between 45 to about $65 or $65. It's going to be about 40 to uh, 45 to 65% is what you're going to find that to be. And depending on where you are on the scale, you're going to notice, or if you haven't, and these are the things we will notice in the future. And when I say that, I mean very, very, very quickly. Those who are in the classic model versus the other end of this model are going to be in the higher 55, 60, 65% of their revenue being towards labor costs. Now think of that. Think about being on the other side at 45 or 50%. That's, that's, a, that's a 15, 20% slide on a million dollars. That's 200,000 bucks, right? Think about that. That's, that's huge. That's huge, all right? Um, little to no more AMS. We know that I've seen this all over the place, but I hear 10, 15% of agents do not have a management system. Blows my mind. I don't even know how that's possible, but that's what they say, okay? And many are overstaffed because... When the going gets tough, their weapon of choice is to hire another CSR. That's their thought process. That's their first process and that thought process, and that's their only thought process. And hence why that 65% is obtainable for someone running this agency. Now, the second type is going to be a modern, right? This is what we kind of call a modern um, agency. Now, here's some things that we can generally look at. Okay, they have a great use of an AMS. The CRM is now starting to become um, used in this agency. And it doesn't matter if you have a ton of automations or you're just entering leads in it. That's okay. You're now starting to use that. You're starting to make progression, right? Low staff, because now we are possibly automating things. No walk-ins. Yeah, I know. Some people, Jason, that's just the way my customers do it. They wouldn't do business within me anyway. They couldn't come in for a month, for a year and a half during COVID. I told this agent the other day, and he's my buddy. He says, man, I got this walk-in traffic. I said, that's your own fault. They couldn't come in for 18 months. You could have, I mean, we got, as agencies, we got the ultimate time to actually say we don't do this anymore. But we still get it but no walk-in traffic, okay? Or we could say little. But we have low expenses, little automation is used, increased pay and unlimited vacation, like our agency. Our agency has has unlimited vacation, unlimited paid time off. Um, People aren't gonna tell me that they're taking a day off. They're, they're, They're gonna assign it and role play with the team to make sure that they can do it. And then the team will assist the other team in covering for them. The different different types of ways that we're looking at our employees. And we're going to talk about, well, not talk about, but I'm going to mention that here in a couple of minutes when we're talking about um, what we need to look like for the future and the things that we need to think about. Digital footprint. We're now on social media. We're now actually starting to share things that we're doing in our agency. We're really starting to hype up our different marketing. We're looking at that differently. Um, and in some aspects, commercial lines versus personal lines, two different t- um, types of things. And now we're starting to outsource some services, right? Their weapon of choice when the t- going gets tough is to add a CSR, but also do some outsourcing. Okay. When we talk about outsourcing, we talk about outsourcing as very something that's very tough for us agencies to do because it's delegation. That's really truly what it is. You're taking something and you're delegating it to somebody else. 
But the difference is instead of it being a licensed employee, it's probably going to be an unlicensed employee, right? Ah, Jason, that's just can't do that in our agency. Well, I beg to differ because there's thousands and thousands of agencies that are doing it in rural areas and urban areas. But here's the thing that we know that we know is if we look at our AMS system, anywhere between 70 to 85 of the last tasks that we did in this office were done by a virtual assistant. Now, what we call a virtual employee at Virtual Intelligence. I have a VE company um, because the industry, in my opinion, needed another VE company because the others weren't able to do it because they're not ran by agency owners. That's another, another discussion for another time. But, but what, we, what we have noticed when it comes to this is, is that they're in the, in the States, they only give us four or five things that you have to do to be licensed, like proposing coverage, accepting money on behalf of coverage, um, different couple of things. I mean, I, every state is about the same. But majority of the things, around 70% at least of the things we do in our agency do not require a license. Think of that. Think about the savings. See, now when we start to do this, that 65% high of our, of our labor costs starts to slowly come down now. Now it starts to come down. I don't know. I'm making this up. It's 55, 60%. Maybe, you know, it's lower than that. Our marketing costs start to go down because now we're using social media. We're actually using communication channels that are less expensive in most cases, unless you're running ads, but they're less expensive in many cases. And you're actually engaging with people in the communication channels that they hang out in, right? Not not the yellow pages, not the newspaper, not saying any of that's bad. Well, I will say the, the, the phone book, I mean, that would be terrible or the newspaper, but you know, if you're writing articles, doing different types of things like that, okay? So write down those questions if you got them. Once again, I may not be able to answer them, but I promise to do everything that I can to answer them, all right? Now, this is the hybrid model. Now, when I say a hybrid, it's a mixture, but it's not really a mixture of anything in the classic. It's really carrying forward, forward what the modern is. Um, so so here, here's what we have for this. So great use of AMS and CRM tools, low staff, actually low staff. And since I've written about this, before I wrote about this, there's no such thing as AI, so I can even see further less staff. Highly automated, high outsourcing, great digital footprint, little person-to-person sales, option of QBI, which was not offered in 2018, 2019, when I was first creating these. I've, I've changed them many times, but these, this is how fast things are going. You can get quite, quote, by an issue with many carriers. You can go to our website, theinsurancealliance.com. I think you can go under products and services. I think you go down to the business, you click on that, and you can uh, put in uh, one or uh, you just click on it, and it takes you to a portal where we sell over 400 classes of business um, and then insurance, you just go there and you quote bind issue and the company that you sell it through services it. Remember what I just said? The company that you sell it through services it. So see how we say out here, no service. See that? See how that starts to come through? Because you're like, oh, well, Jason, you're giving up commission. Now we're giving up 1%. Sometimes we give up two, whatever that is. It's not being done by a service center. It's actually being done by the insurance carrier who's actually got it. Not, not a service center. So maybe social, maybe you're using a service center. That's okay. That's a debate on whether you think that's great or not. 
I think it is probably good because there's agents that use it and it works and there's agents that use it and don't. And uh, I think overall it probably does work, but sorry. Their weapon of choice is outsourcing automation and a CSR. Okay. That's what theirs is. Now here's a highly, this is an automated agency. And once again, we're now down around the 40, 45, probably in the thirties, um, maybe even less than that, as far as the amount of, of percentage that we're going to have for labor versus our revenue. They have no stat, no AMS, no staff, no service, very low expenses, quote, buying an issue. Marketing is the only expense. They're an all digital footprint. Now, the agencies that I know that are doing this have not just taken their agency. Think about this. It's going to be hard for you to take your agency and just start creating this. That's not going to work. In America, we're allowed to have as many businesses as we want. So what you're going to do is you're going to create another agency, and then you're going to study how this type of, of automated agency is set up, and then you're going to work that, okay? Many, many brokers have been doing it for a while. When you talk about the Gallagher's and the other, and the, the Liberty Mutuals actually have a side thing where they do these um, things where they're using other companies' platforms to drive customers to that platform to bind insurance, and then they're serviced by that same carrier. See how they did nothing? The agent which was doing nothing but creating marketing, maybe creating other services that then led to them on the quote Biden issue. So we can talk more about that. That's a whole nother presentation and stuff, but I want you to know those four agency models. Okay. That's pretty good there. Um, hope you guys like that. Now, oh yeah, sorry. Their weapon of choice, automation and outsourcing, right? You can see why, because they don't, they don't really even truly need licensed people. It's pretty crazy. I mean, they do, right? Because of laws, but if you can see their options are not to hire another licensed person. So think about that. All right. Some of the things I want to talk about now, as we kind of change into agency intelligence. All right. Now here's a crazy thing. In my, I looked up the word agency intelligence. Agency intelligence is a company I own, but I created the company based off this, based off that what you're reading there below, because what it's basically just saying is you can read it. Agency intelligence is a technology-driven practice um, where for utilizing data, people, and process that allows insurance professionals to create customer experience. Here it is. This is the key. And anticipates customers' expectations. That is key. Okay. So where we're going in the future and where we're going literally right now is we have to be able to, um, Wayne Gretzky said it best. He said, you cannot go to where the puck is. You need to go to where the puck is going, right? You've probably heard that before. That is what we have to do. And we have to create it by utilizing data. Data is one of the main things that is going to drive this, this, this thing. Because the three agency pillars, with the first one being data, happens to be that we have to be able to use that data in an organized fashion, right? And so people would say, okay, Jason, what does my data need to look like? What's it need to be in my agency? We're not talking about categorical data, okay? Two different types, many different types, but the two types we're talking about, not categorical data, which is what we've collected our whole life. That would be a phone number. That would be an address. That would be social security numbers, whatever that would be, right? So we've collected that and we have tons of that, which is still good data. 
But the data that's gonna, that we're going to start seeing, and we're seeing it very, very quickly now, happens to be the data that is behavioral, okay? The behavioral data, not the phone number, but when did you get the phone number? How did you get the phone number? At what time did you get the phone number? Who gave you the phone number? And what source did they give it to you? An email and text? These are the different types of things that allow us to be able to have insights to who our customers are. Having insights to our customers allows us to be able to see it in a very holistic approach. Like imagine this, if some of you are on here, there's a company called Donna, and they have a program that, that measures this behavioral data. And what this behavioral data allows you to do is for your team, just not to focus on reshopping everybody based on something going up 5, 10, 15%. No, what it allows you to do is be able to have behavioral data built in, searching the web, comparing that type of a customer versus the other type of customers that are in other types of agencies that they've seen of the 60 million transactions that Donna has seen and can compare that against it. Now you can start getting real insights to who you should be working on, who you shouldn't be working on, who you should be trying to upsell because the computer says, if you offer them this type of coverage, then they're going to be more likely to stay. Why? Because their friends have it, right? That's different. That's something that our AMSs do not provide. That's why AMSs will not go away, but AMSs will morph more into a CRM because the past was about policy data and administration. The future is about customer relationships and the behavioral data that drives insights through agency intelligence to get where we need to be. Okay. That's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing in data when I'm looking at this stuff. When the second thing is our people, our people are our greatest asset because accounting says that we must put them on our P&L as a liability. Um, I totally disagree. I think they should be on the balance sheet. Uh, there's nothing better than our and that our employees. We can't do anything about it. I have a whole presentation on the power of women in insurance because I believe that women are a reason why this is one of the greatest industries God ever created. And if you doubt me and you think that I'm not, I could ask you, why do you think the insurance industry is the greatest has ever created? It's because of residual income. We are allowed to do things that other industries can't because we know that on the 1st through the 10th, the commissions come back in. Right. So what that allows us to um, kind of look at our people a little bit differently. And, and when we do that, if we, we know residual income is the reason why we're in this industry is the greatest industry God ever created. I think around 85 to 90 percent of agencies, account managers, CSRs are women. So most of our residual income is being handled by women, which means that women are the reason why. This is the greatest industry God ever created. Got a whole presentation on it. So anyways, your people are very, very important. Okay, you've got to really think about how your people and how you're training them and the ways that you're going to use them. You can use data to help them. But I think I have something in here a little bit later that gives an example of what I'm talking about. And then the third thing I think is really important is, is your process. I want to ask you a question. Think about this when it comes to process. Do you think that companies, wait, wait a minute, real quick. Anybody who wants to grow, if you want to do a little something, just put it in the chat. Put, yes, I want to grow, Jason. Yeah. Yes, I want to grow. Okay. Now, everybody who does that, now, you know, no one really cares if you do or not. It's just, it kind of makes things a little exciting. But for everybody who does that, let me ask you this question. If you want to grow, you're probably wanting to grow big. You're probably maybe when you want to grow medium size. But think of other businesses that you want to be like. 
think of those, whether it's McDonald's or maybe it's the huge uh, 12 location um, hardware store that's near you, whatever it can possibly be. These are the businesses you want to be like them for whatever reason. Do you think that they got big and then created processes or do you think that they created processes and then got big? You have to drill down on your processes. Process data can only be driven directly through a process. Your people can only be trained through a process. Your people are vital to what is going on here. Okay. Your people are absolutely vital. Um, I'll continue on about that when I get to a later, later thing. Let's talk about data real quick, though. I want to give you a thought. All right. Now, I came up with this. I'm not kidding you. 2017, 2018, 2019, I don't know, on a podcast. I did over 800 podcasts in the last 10 years, so you can go look and find it. AI, I'm working on AI right now that's going to take all my podcasts and is going to be able to eat it up and then try to bring out certain things that I said. I'm so excited about that because I want to pull up stories like this. I saw New York Times did an article and literally copied, didn't copy, but said basically the same thing. This is the reason why your smart TV is so affordable. It's not because technology costs have went down. Labor costs have went up. The TV of 10 years ago, that was 1000 to 1500 Today is $500. And it has three times as many computer chips and different types of LED and projections and all kinds of stuff. Folks, it doesn't cost much less than it did a time ago. But if the TV was $1,000 back in the day, and let's say that they cost $500 to build it at that time, then let's just roughly say they had a $500 profit, right? Let's just keep it simple. The difference is today is they're going to sell you the TV for $500 because that's what their cost is. And they are going to make eight to 10 times that amount on the data that you produce on that TV. They're going to sell it to Nelson ratings. They're going to sell it to advertisers, Googles, all those different types of platforms. It's being done right now. Don't freak out about this. It's been happening since you bought that nice smart TV at the, at the Black Friday, right? It's, you're cool. You're cool. It's just happening. And if you don't really realize it, it actually makes your experience better, right? I remember when I was little, I used to saw, I used to see um, uh, commercials about Depends, right? What, what did I need to see that as a kid? Right? But back then, they didn't know who was watching. So they would just send you everything. Really think about the commercials that you see. If you do see any commercials on TV, maybe you don't buy the free version and you have to watch that. Think of the, t- of the commercials you see. They're very relevant to you. Very relevant to you. And then notice, and if you really want to get technical, jump over to your kids or to somebody else's platform and watch theirs. That see how different the, the ads are. That's what's happening here. That's why your TV costs a little bit less because they're making it up somewhere else. I don't have time for it right now. It's in another one of my presentations called The Great Separator. But I make a prediction that in the future, we will make more money from selling the data of our agency than we will from the revenue that we take from selling it. Meaning there will be a time when we actually sell insurance just so we can gather the data. I know. Probably not in our lifetime, right? But that is what will happen. To prove that, I received my first check for $127 from Neon back in 2022. Might have been 2021, but it was 2022. We took the data that Neon collected. We had sold it. 
basically shared it. It's not sold. I don't want people to freak out, but it was sold anonymously and we were paid by a carrier for those insights. And then we as agents were paid. So it's already happened. It's already happened. All right. If any guy knows Seth Zaremba, you can call him and you can ask him. He's the one who um, cut the checks because that's what he said he was going to do. If you're trying to bring the clients scratched out employees of today into the agency of yesterday, you will have no tomorrow. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. That's something that I thought about a long time ago when I was trying to hire. If you try to bring the employees of today into the agency of yesterday, you will have no tomorrow. The reason I say this is I just want to state this. I just got back from Vertifor Accelerate, their great event that they had. And I talked to so many agents about their employees and how they were having such a hard time hiring. But yet there were so many agencies that I would meet and they were talking about their growth, 25, 30%. And I would say to them, hey, how's your hiring going? And they're like, oh, it's going fine. We're, we're, we're hiring like crazy. Gave me a lot of insight and it should you too. It should give you a lot of insight into, do people really want to work at your place? Right? Are people having to answer an ad or are people in your agency saying, hey, man, you should come join us? Right? Those are the things you got to think about. Got to think about how you're going to craft that. And how you're going to craft that is, is you're going to realize that what we do is better together. And so this is what we're going to talk about. I want to just really kind of drive into your brain about the fact that AI and the technology that we're going should be embraced because it enhances and it's the future and it's here. So you might as well deal with it. All right. So let me break this down for you. How are we better together? We're better together as, as, as people, right? Technology and people. But Mother Teresa said, she said, I can do things that you can't and you can do things I can't. But together we can do great things. I believe as partnerships, we're better together, right? I believe that I, I when I, me and Travis became partners, um, it, one of the things that uh, he said um, uh, we did, or actually I did most of it, is I called other agents and that I respected in the industry at the time and said, hey, should I get a partner? When almost every one of them said no, you know? I think we're better together. Travis and I have an unbelievable partnership. We fill each other's voids. Who are the five people that you hang around with? Because we're better together, right? We're better together when we share, when we go to these events. If you don't go to events, you're missing out. These are, if you go to your state, local event, or your national, or I'm sorry, like your associations, still keep going to those. Those are great. All your big I, PIA, you should be going to all of those, especially in your state. You should be supporting it, the education, young agent programs, all that stuff, okay? All of that. But at the same time, there are national events that are going on 
with people who are actually changing the industry. Keep in mind that most conferences are built in your state around continuing education that's mandated by the Department of Insurance. So you're, and it's, it's very gray or it's very black and white, boring, and it really doesn't benefit you as an agency owner. So you need to step outside of your cocoon and you need to actually take a commitment to going to some of these things and sharing with people, sitting down, having coffee with people. What are you doing in your agency? What's the automations? You came here because you're interested in this stuff. Come to these events live and get two and three days of it, right? Because we're better together. And you're going to get to see people like these people who've changed my life, who've made my life better and shown me that there's definitely a better way. And if you want to see these people, you might see them at your state convention, but you're going to see them at the national conventions where from agents all over the world or, or all over America, some from the world because a lot come out of Canada. So if you don't and you're like, hey, Jason, I just don't have time. I can't, whatever it could possibly, I, I get it. I brought together all these podcasts for you. The top 12, uh, pot, not all the top 12, but top five, five of this 12, gosh, I had trouble getting that out, are some of the top podcasts in the insurance industry. And there's over 400, seriously, 400 in just the insurance industry. So be sure to check that out. That's where you can learn, right? Here's what I really want you to think about. What about technology and people? So if we're better together as together us, if we're better together for our relationships that we have with our family and our friends, if we're better together um, because of the partnerships that we have, right? Why would we be any different in being better together with, uh, with technology? Why would we say that? I mean, look, why would we say that? Because of Hollywood. Because of Hollywood. It's really true. How I know that it's Hollywood is if you go and you look at Asian cultures, a lot of Asian cultures, we know like robots, right? They like, they, they, they have always liked robots and, and, and electronics and stuff. You guys know what I mean by that as a general sense. That's because in a few of their religions over there, they think that things that are electronic have a soul. So while we in America and in the Western world think it is doomsday for AI, this is the second coming of Jesus Christ to people in Asia. Two different ways of looking at things, just one big body of water in between us, right? So we can't look at it that way. We have to look at it as it's enhanced. And let me give you an example. So in 1997, Deep Blue, which was kind of like what you would think of as Watson, it was one of the first, was able to beat a master chess player for the first time ever. And Watson, which is Deep Blue, won nearly every time after that until 2008, when a human and a computer could beat Deep Blue by itself. Proof right there, right? The computer could beat the human, but the human and the computer could not, or could, could beat the computer every time. Yeah. Think of that. Uh, there's, there's a little insight there. We're better together, yes, because humans and computers are the best mixture, not one or the other. I want to look at my time to make sure that I have enough because I really want to make sure that I drill this down. I was, I was meeting with a guy by the name of Daniel uh, Burris. And if you look him up, he wrote a couple books, one of them being Flashpoint in the 90s. Um, and if you read it and he talks about this, the world we're living in right now, he, it's unbelievably correct. He's very right on. I mean, 90% of what he's saying. 
and he looks at it by hard trends and soft trends. He's a futurist. Um, I encourage you to look at him. I met him um, through the grapevine, through a friend, and I've uh, really gotten a great relationship with him. He is the special counsel for the Joint Chiefs of Staff for the United States military. Okay, This is this guy. And he's telling me about a time that they're at the White House and they're having a meal. And they're being told that Watson is going to make this meal. And in 20, and in less than one second, Watson had read 25 million cookbooks, had read everything that had to do with taste and smell, and had created and prepared this meal. And actually had prepared over a million of them. And they selected one and were able to make the meal with Watson's help. And he said, not only was it just unbelievable to know that, but the, the meal was incredible. And very rarely would you have ever had these different mixtures of all these different tastes, spices, and smell. He said it was phenomenal. And as he's telling me this, I had Daniel Burris on my podcast twice. I believe he's telling me this in the first podcast. So if you go to the podcast and you, and you search Burris, B-U-R-R-I-S, there will probably be two that pops up. I think it's the first one or the one that would be in the oldest. And he he's... The, when I hear him say this, I'm instantly thinking to myself, wow. Mom said there's nothing new under the sun, but yet this thing's making meals that have never been made before, right? Using the power of all this knowledge that no one human could ever put together in their entire life. I thought to myself, wait a minute, they're going to start making actual music and if you've actually started looking out there, Spotify had to remove, I think it was Jay-Z or it was some artist that had had a new album put up there by someone who had taken it, taken the artist's lyrics, put them into ChatGPT, recreated new, new music, took the sound from using AI of what the band used to sound like, put it on top of that, and now has new albums. I know for a fact it's been done with Nirvana and the Beatles. Yeah, crazy, right? And I started thinking to myself, I'm like, man, it's going to make a lot of things. It's even going to make art. And then I happened to see this guy by the name of Jason Allen and a video game designer in Pueblo, Colorado, had spent 80 hours working on his entry in the Colorado State Fair's digital art. And he won. You probably heard about this. And it caused a huge uproar. If you didn't, if maybe if you're in the Colorado area, you probably definitely did. It caused a huge uproar because the artists were like, this is, this is ridiculous. Da, 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 da. Here's the thing I want you to zero in on. This is the good news. Look at the, how many hours it took them. 80 hours. If you really go and you start studying how long it takes somebody to make a painting, how long it takes them to make a drawing. And I'll give you even truth. So there's so many people on here, you know this on TikTok. There's a guy on there who has pencil and charcoal drawings and he draws of them of people. And they're so phenomenal. I've never in my life ever seen anything. And you've probably seen it if you know what I mean. And, and in this, he says how many hours he does it. And he'll always say like 40 hours or 60 hours, you know, 55 hours. This guy took 80 hours to do this. Now, why is that good news? Because we have this thought that all of a sudden AI is going to start taking over these jobs. Listen, that's not true. I would say, yes, it's going to thin them. But think in the, in the terms of an artist. Think of the terms of someone who makes video or blogs, the things that are right now are being um, that AI can do. You really think about the AI still needs someone to prompt it. 
So if I sat down at Mid Journey, which is a bit, which is a um, an online area where you could create images, if I sat down on Mid Journey and I typed out what I wanted an image to look like and create something creative, or Sarah who works at Agency Intelligence with me, who's one of the most gifted designers I know, she sits down and does it. Hers is going to look a lot better. So she's still needed because she's creative. But here's the difference. We used to be a society and we just changed it the last couple months, folks. We used to be a society where we created and built things. Not anymore. We review, edit, and approve things. Now, you've got to understand when I say that to be able to correlate what you should be doing and what you should be thinking for your agency next. And a lot of it you're not going to be able to do. This is the reason why ChatGPT is unbelievable, okay? Now, I want to kind of back up a little bit when we're talking about ChatGPT because this actual slide is in the wrong thing because this is kind of ends what I was just saying a minute ago. Oh, I apologize for you, guys. Oh, my gosh. That thing is, is, is covered. Here's what, here's what Jeff is actually saying. Jeff Roy said, artificial intelligence will not replace insurance agents. But those agents who use AI will replace those who don't. Artificial intelligence will not replace insurance agents, but those agents who use AI will replace those who don't. It's your own demise. It's not the AI. The AI is here to use to enhance, to be better together, to be able to use it to get insights to our customers so that we can meet them at their expectations, so that we can be there. When a house fire occurs and immediately within five to 10 minutes, the homeowner gets a text that says, hey, we understand your house is on fire. This is from the insurance company. And we want you to know we already have a room ready for you. Go up to hotel. And we already have it there where the insurance company pays 25% of the room rate for it to sit empty, but they pay 125% even if they use it. So what they're using that for is they're making sure that they're buying blocks to make sure that that person has some place to go so they don't have to think of it in that time. And then the fact that the grandmother lived there as well and is 78 years old and needs a wheelchair, there's an ambulance on the way as well. And don't think about eating. Don't worry about that because up at the hotel, we've already got a catering company on its way. These are the unexpectations. By the way, that's being done by Hippo Insurance today. These are the unexpectations that we must meet. And we can't do it as agency owners by ourselves. We can try to imagine and see things the way that, they, that they've never been, but it's still up to us to actually put that together. And ChatGPT is our friend in that. It is our friend. You will start seeing ChatGPT in your office very, very soon. Not just ChatGPT like this, okay? I don't know what it'll be called when that is. But I want you to wrangle this in your brain because you may have thought to yourself, well, that would be too hard. Um, our... our our AI will get literally pers- um, will get very personal, okay? Your phone lies to you. You see things on Facebook and stuff that aren't true. We read things every day that aren't true, and it doesn't tell us, right? AI soon will be able to tell you. You'll have it in your phone, and it will protect you from other people's AI. 
There's AI almost in everything right now. You can even have Spotify. If you know you've got AI in there, if you don't know that, you use Spotify, search the DJ. It's Xavier. He sits in there and he pulls up songs that you've done in the past and he talks to you. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. It's the first phase of it, but it's really cool. When we create, when they created, um, and when OpenAI created ChatGPT, they needed years to input data because they needed to be able to answer queries of anywhere across the world and have that answer. I mean, that is a magnificent amount of data and they did it. We don't need that same amount to do it for your agency. I, I, this isn't like when I say we, I already know companies that are, that are already on this, already working on it. You're going to hear this stuff very, very soon. I told you a little bit about it earlier, but you're going to hear more and more about this in the next two, three, four, five months. And, and what these what these agencies are doing are um, with the chat GPT. You don't have to have as much information to create that type of environment in your agency. All right. Because your agency does pretty much the same damn thing every day. It's the same task we do. We make changes. We have billing issues. I think there's Billy Williams out there. I, I could be quoting him wrong, but I think he said there's actually only 18 tasks that you can possibly do in an agency. And the average agency does, I think, between seven to 10. That, that is what they do every day. That's like 80% of what we do, right? So we can start to look at and start to realize. So what we have done in our agency working with these companies is we do screen records and we have our VEs and our, and our agency um, CSRs doing these quotes. And then we take these recordings and we send it to this company and they put it into their machine and the machine learns what we do. And then it now can start making recommendations. When we open up a certain thing and it comes in from a customer that last called in on the billing and says, hey, is this a billing call? And we say, yes, it opens up everything that we need automatically right? So that we can make that and we can do that. That's just the very beginning of how this stuff is going to go. And remember, used to be creators and builders. Now we're review, edit, and approve. So that's very, very important. When we start making this for our agency, I'm just going to say this, and then I don't have time to keep continuing to go on about this. But I want you to know that when you put AI in your browser, and you have it watch the things that you do and make recommendations and carry data from one area of the internet or out of a software program and put it into another area because it just knows regardless of what the question is or if the company moved it to another page, it still knows. When, when that stuff happens and we start, and we start, um, I lost my train of thought. That's that's how the data is moving. Okay, I I I think that it's going to eliminate the need for APIs and integrations. If I have a company that doesn't integrate with another company, but yet I can take the information and move it from here to here by using AI, what would I need the integration for? Think about that. Okay. All right. So keep in mind what Jeff said. I'm going to kind of wrap up here. I'm going to leave it open for some questions and answers. Um, I'm, I'm going to be here. But what I wanted you to know is they, is indie tech. There's a lot of technology that's out there. Now, here's what's important to me. OK, and the reason why I bring this up is not a promotion just for me. It's a promotion for for you and for our industry. And I mean that I have no tech company. I have no I have no no dog in the fight. But what I am is I'm an independent insurance agent. and I believe in it. And I believe that we as independent agents have gotten thrown into InsureTech. 
We're not insure tech. We're indie tech. Think of the technology that you use in your agency right now. Think of it. Just think of it. Take your technology stack. It's probably made for you. Probably made for me. It's made for independent insurance agents. It's not made for Allstate. It's not made for the insurance company. It's not made for the consumer. It's made for you and me. So it's indie tech. So all indie tech is insure tech, but not all insure tech is indie tech. And what we need to start doing is recognize that 163 businesses that I have, that I have, that I have put an, um, an offer out to, that are tech companies that are coming to this thing for you to come and see, 163 of them, and I know less than 40 of them, and I know a lot of tech companies. The, the, the tech that's out there is just mind-blowing. I, I, I promise you, 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 I've been out there and I'm seeing it, and it is mind-blowing, and I can't even imagine what will be out by the time that comes. Now, here's where we're a little different. Whenever I wrote my book, Customer Service is Just Foreplay, I took the, cu- the modern customer experience, or we could also call that the customer journey, and I broke it down into six sections, okay? So what I did is when I broke it down into six sections, I wanted you to be able to see the different types of tasks and tools that you would use in that section of where you were, right? Today, those tools have become software. It's become technology, so what we need to do is that's what we're doing at Indie Tech. We are going to create it to where you can walk around the exhibit show and see all this stuff. That's completely fine. It's in the size of a building about the size of a football field. But we are going to have a direction with colored carpet, just like you see here, and where we have broken up in the where you will walk through the customer journey and actually see the technology that you would use in that part of the journey. That's what we created for you guys so that you guys could see the guys being able to see it. Wonderwrite is something that we use a lot. People say, Jason, where do you use that? And how do you use that? So now we know. So that's what we're creating for you over there. Okay. That is once again, you can get your little scanner there um, and you can hit that up and see what you're going to do because it is going on August 29th, 30th and 31st. It's actually 30th and 31st on the 29th. It's a young agents indie sales. They're going to actually put the technology down and build um, build roadmaps and, and renewal pipelines and CRMs, automations and stuff so that they can execute and sell like you should um, in the year 2023 and, and, and going forward. So please, Mitch uh, Gibson is going to be running that. And then you also can come to the Indie Tech, same building, same everything. Okay. Here's what I'm going to end with. Give me two minutes. End with good news. I love the theory of digital Darwinism, and it's still so relevant. Been talking it for I've been talking about this forever, but it's still so relevant. And here's what it says: it says that the evolution of consumer behavior when society and technology evolve faster than your ability to adapt. Now, once again, one thing I want to tell you about is when we look at the word adapt is the key to this. Because what we know is we've been told throughout our whole life that it's survival of the fittest. Only the strong survive. That's what we've been told. That's what we've always heard. That's what we've been led to believe. And actually, when you do the research, you'll find out that he, Darwin, never said that. He didn't. What he did say. He says it's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent. But it is the one that is the most adaptable to change. Charles Darwin. That's actually what he said. 
That's actually what he said. Why do I say that as I close? Because that doesn't mean if you were an agency on here, you're probably two, three, four, five people. And you compete against all the time and you think you have no chance against those who are 30 people, 100 people or the big brokers. And what he's saying here, which is proven to be true. Now, I'm not going to get into a religious debate here, but overall, you know what I'm talking about, that he is saying that that's not the way that it is. And it's proven true. So it proves true that way with you. It proves true that it doesn't matter necessarily how big your agency is. What matters is, are you able to adapt? And yes, you are. That's why you took your time and you came here to listen to me talk. My wife's still blown away that people want to do that. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass and I appreciate it. I want to open it for questions. So Jason, um, thank you. That was super informative. Uh, One of the first questions uh, that we got was, is the story of the death of an insurance salesperson? At the beginning, you were talking about how AI is going to change that and, and, and what's going on with that. So is that the actual story of the death of an insurance salesperson? No, no. Um, there will be no death of the insurance salesperson. There will be none of that. There will be a thinning of the account managers. There will be a thinning of, I say this, I own a virtual employee company. I already told you guys that. I believe virtual employees will pick at peak out in about three to five years and you'll probably barely need, we'll need a 10th of what we need in 10 years. We won't because we'll just need them to help manage the AI. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. Think of a lawyer, a lawyer today, you look this up in the last 10 years, law offices have shrunk by 35% because they're a little bit ahead of the curve of insurance. And the reason why they've shrunk is because they don't need as many paralegals now. Because AI and machine learning up to now, and especially now AI, has been able to research all of these cases and all this stuff to put it together that they were going to go to trial with. So it's being done far less. So we're going to start to see those same things. So it's going to enhance us. If you really think about it, ChatGPT does that right now. It's like basically having the best hundred marketers out there at your disposal, and you just start giving them things that you want written about. That's why the most important thing with chat, GPT, and any AI going forward is going to be prompting. It's smart, but you have to prompt it. You have to tell it what it needs. And that's how it gets going. So I don't think there will be a death of the salesman. Awesome. Uh, Another question that came in, if an automated agency has no staff, how is 30% of the revenue of that agency labor? Could, Could possibly not be. Could possibly not be, okay? You also, in the automated agency, I I imagine you might still have a little bit of, like I said, when I wrote this, it wasn't big with VEs. I've been using VEs since 2014, but it wasn't huge. Could possibly still have some of that. Now that we have AI coming out, we know that stuff does have to be managed. We're not going to just have this AI that's going to run rampant, but it's going to be managed AI that's going to be out there. So so you are right about that. That might be... um, 30%, 30%, but I do know the 45 to 65%. So anything going less than that, I'm pretty much guessing anyways. That's awesome. Uh, this one is a little bit specific to Florida. CSRs in Florida with a 440 license are not allowed to work outside of the office. What do you see happening with that? Well, I don't know. I'm moving to Florida in September. So I will uh, St. Pete Beach. So I'll probably be finding out about that. I don't know what 440s are or anything. If someone can't leave the office, um, 
I do a lot of Zoom calls today. I don't know. I would have to answer. I would have to know more about that specifics. Um, so I apologize for that. If you go to Cast Calendar, uh, please don't waste my time unless you really need something. But if there's something you really felt as if you felt like strong about this, you can go to castcalendar.com and pick a 20 minute appointment with me and you can and I'll come on and talk to you. That's awesome. Uh, we did have a question. Do you have another webinar of the systems you currently use? And someone asked, do you do any consulting? So. Yeah, no, I do not. And you wouldn't want me as a consultant. Um, and I just mean that I delegate. Okay. I delegate hardcore. I, I, I don't think when I say that, I don't think you understand how much I delegate. I have about four people, which head each one of my companies that I report to everything else is delegated. So I then know, get reports from what they're doing. And I also talk to a lot of agents to be able to tell you this stuff. So you would not want me in as a consultant. Probably my COO, you would want as a consultant, but easy, everybody. So, um, and then what was the other question besides the consulting? Um, do you have another webinar videos of the systems you currently use? We did just do one from Vertifor, but no, besides that, I do not. My tech stack, I do not. Maybe I should do a presentation on my tech stack. I should do that. I would have to bring in, like I said, my staff to do that. And then what was the other one? Uh, that was it. That was it? Consulting. Now, at SEMC, uh, well, actually, we just had another one come in from Thomas. Uh, do, yes, we recorded this presentation. We are going to post this on SEMC.com. You can also watch it on demand using the registration link that you were given. So you just go in. You should be able to re not register again, but it just verifies that you registered for it ahead of time, you should be able to watch this uh, presentation in its entirety uh, using that link from Zoom. Um, and yes, people said, yes, please do a presentation on your tech stack. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. My background was I used to run marketing operations for uh, IBM's global commerce division. And tech stacks are super important, especially how they talk together. And I think it's brilliant. Um, it, that that we're now talking about this. And it's really exciting because insurance tended to be a little bit of a laggard in the tech space because we are conservative. We are risk mm -hmm. mitigators. And, you know, the adoption of insurance uh, or the technology insurance seems to be about 10 years behind other tech companies, but we are, we are quickly it is moving fast. And fast. it's amazing what you can do with that. Now, as SEMSI is, we're, we do small in, uh, commercial insurance. We're a comparative rater. And so at that point, you know, we like to go out and go, hey, let's let you put in all of that information for that one application and get multiple quotes. And the interesting thing where SEMSI came from was single entry, multiple, to multiple companies. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was a very com computer phrase that wow. most people don't get. But that's what that's why SEMSI was born to help the small commercial agents, the independent agents, really place that commercial risk. You know, the workers' comps, the BOPS, the GLs, and that's what we love doing. And you know, that's our passion is helping small commercial insurance agencies really work smarter. Uh, and you know, we just changed our quoting or our, our tagline to our company. So it's smarter quoting means more revenue, and that's. What we're helping, we're trying to help drive and facilitate for our agencies. So, real quick, anybody still on that has another question? We're still here. We'd love yeah. to answer those. And before we end this out, yeah.
Appreciate everybody's time. Really do. All right. Well, it doesn't seem like there's any other questions coming in. You know, thank you guys for your time. Again, check out semc.com for commercial rating. We'd love to help you. If you need a demo, please, it's all over the front page of our website. Just go ahead and click that link to book a demo and our sales team will happily give you a demo and show you how easy it is to quote small commercial risks. Jason, thank you so much for your time and the wealth of information that you shared. We really appreciate it. And thank you everybody for taking some time out of their day to learn about all of the awesome things happening in insurance. Hey agents, listen to this, listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it, think of it, really. We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com, check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do, really. And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.